Welcome to the Practice Brave Podcast. I am the host, Brianna Battles, founder of Pregnancy and Postpartum Athleticism and CEO of Everyday Battles. I'm a career strength and conditioning coach, entrepreneur, mom of two wild little boys, and a lifelong athlete. I believe that athleticism does not end when motherhood begins, and this podcast is dedicated to coaching you by providing meaningful conversations, insights, and interview topics related to fitness, mindset, parenting, and of course, all the nuances of pregnancy and postpartum. From expert interviews to engaging conversations and reflections, this podcast is your trustworthy, relatable resource for learning how to practice brave through every season in your life. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Practice Brave podcast. Today I am here with Miranda. She is going to be talking to us about what life has been like the last six months since her last UFC fight. She was able to return to the octagon at exactly one year postpartum. And we haven't talked about it since. We trained a lot during her pregnancy and a lot that first year postpartum. And now she's been figuring out life on the other side. So I wanted to bring her back on the podcast. Miranda, thanks for being here. Yes. Hello. Thanks for having me. So give us a little bit of a recap. What have the last almost two years looked like for you? I mean, it looked, everything just looked super different than what I thought it was going to be. When I got pregnant, I was worried about like losing myself and losing like the athletic side of me and losing that. I don't know, that like grit and determination that I've like grown up with. And I felt like once I had Austin, I almost like grew in that sense. Like it became like strong, even stronger and for different reasons. Um, And then I fought, I felt really good, like leading up to the fight as far as like my body. I wish that I maybe would have had more time to get ready for the fight, but I pushed it, I think, as long as I could because they wanted me to fight. I fought about a year postpartum and they wanted me to fight like six months postpartum. They were starting to give me opponents and ask me. So I pushed it as long as I could lost. And then since I've lost, I can't believe it's been six months. I've literally been just keeping myself so busy to not think about it and not um, spiral. So it really has been like, and now I kind of understand like Kane's like, okay, we need to slow down a little bit. And I kind of get it because Yeah, to put it in perspective of like six months, I'm like, wow, I've really been keeping our family (laughs) busy so I don't have to deal with my shit. (laughs) Yeah. Well, God, I love, I love that you're talking about this. And if you are new to the podcast, you know, Miranda and I have worked together for a long time now and we've become really close friends. Our families have gotten really close. And I feel like we've just had this, like, there's just been a huge evolution in who you've become over the course of two years. And it's been interesting to be truly in it with you and see that happen because you've evolved a lot as a person, first of all, then you've evolved a lot as a mom, what you thought versus what it is. Mm -hmm. And a lot as a fighter who you were prior to getting pregnant, the fighter you were during pregnancy, the fighter that you were trying to figure out what that was like during postpartum. And then the fighter actually in the octagon. So I want you to tell me about the couple days before the fight. And I want you to tell me about the actual fight. Okay. So a couple days before the fight, I mean, I felt like body wise, I was peaking. Like I thought is the best shape 
as far as like cardio and strength wise that I'd ever been in. So I was really looking forward to like using that in the octagon. However, I kind of just like knew deep down that I might not have done enough, um, like MMA wise on my, like training my weaknesses and stuff. So that was kind of like nagging me in the back of my mind. And I think it was making me extra nervous and that giving me like more anxiety about things. Uh, I mean, I always get like anxiety about fights and like night sweats and just crazy dreams, everything that keeps me up at night. But this one was different. And I just kept telling myself it was different because I'd been away for so long. But I think now, like looking back, it was different because I didn't have like the the correct preparation in an MMA sense to be back in the octagon yet. And I noticed like as soon as I got in the cage that that was prevalent and like true. So, and then I just started to doubt myself, but uh, it's frustrating because it's like, I think, I don't know. I just needed more. I needed more time and I needed a different focus. And I was like, let myself hold on to things that I probably shouldn't have or just like, I don't know. I don't know how to really explain all of that, but <laughs> I just really like making you uncomfortable. <laughs> a really good job of that. I know. I know. It's kind of like literally my job with you. Um, <laughs> sorry, I'm lowering my, my desk here so I can just take a seat for this podcast. You talked about certain moments and feelings that you had into Octagon where you felt like like you felt moments of yourself and then you felt moments of like, what am I doing? And who like where there was just a lot more questioning and in that kind of arena and spotlight, quite literally, it's hard to have any kinds of intrusive thoughts. Talk to right. me about those. Yeah. I mean, I think like when the fight started, it, it all felt, it all like came rushing back to me. There's like, there's nothing like being in the octagon and like having your name announced and knowing that you're like going into a fight. So my like fight or flight was like on full blast. Like I was ready to go and the fight started. And I feel like I came out, did the game plan, started striking, kind of stuck with my like strengths. And then as soon as something turned in a way that I didn't want it to, instead of just being like, no, F you were going back to my game. I kind of just like let it take over me and like, oh shit, I didn't train this enough. Like I didn't have enough time for this. And I started retreating back. And then before I knew it, like when you retreat back, it's already too late. So I was in a bad position or I was like on the ground and not in a position I, you know, may have been able to help myself if I would have reacted right away, but I was just like allowing it to happen. And then when, and then you just start doubting yourself even more. And I remember like the end of the first round, I just kept thinking like, okay, well I'm here, I'm in a terrible position. So instead of trying to improve it, I'm just going to hold on and wait till the end of the round, which like in hindsight should not have done that should have just like fought for my life and tried to get up. And I, I do think I probably could have, you know, watching the fight back, but um, I think that I was just in my own head too much and uh, not, not necessarily like having to do with like, how I felt because I felt great. It just like mentally, I wasn't there where I needed to be. Yeah. Well, that mental game is so fickle and so, so critical in those moments. You don't want to have any of those doubts. And I think it can be hard when you've been removed from some of those high pressure situations to then come back and react better, react differently because you're right. Of course you retreat when that hasn't been like a you know, been in those environments or those situations, your life had looked really different up until yeah. that point. 
And I think like even even like thinking back to this fight, like I guess you could say like in the prime of my career, like when I was just like doing really well, like in the beginning of my pro career, going from amateur into the pro career, like I was undefeated. I had this mindset of like, I will literally die here. I almost went into the fight like wanting to go to the hospital. Like I, I know it sounds like morbid, but just like I did not care. I told my mom so many times, I'm like, I'm sorry, mom, but like tonight's the night I'm going to the hospital. Like I was willing to like just like put my life out there. Um and many times, like there was a one fight in particular that like I almost broke my arm. I almost got completely knocked out and I almost got choked out. And I still ended up winning that fight because I think like my mindset was too strong to like quit. And I did notice like in this fight, I still had those parts of me, but they just looked different. Like I started questioning, like there was a moment where I, she was, uh, Corey, the girl I fought was on top of me and she was like throwing down elbows. And I could have eaten one or two elbows to like advance my position, but instead I like put up a guard and defended myself. And I felt like, oh, like maybe that part of me is gone. Like maybe the part of like, I don't fucking care is gone. And I didn't know if that was because I had a kid or if it's because I was out of the ring for too long. And those are those moments where I just sat and like questioned myself. And even now still like have to kind of like process and deal with like, what, 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 who am I? now with like without that side of me or is it still in there you know I do well I've I've uh we've had this conversation in many different ways for a long time now just trying to figure out the what does this mean where am I at what's next and it's it's a pain point I can see your tears and I've you know we've had a lot of those (laughs) in general together, but especially the last six months of like, what does this mean? Who am I? What do I want? What's next? What's the next right thing? Yeah. And you're still sitting in the waiting of figuring out what that is. Yeah. Why did you do this to me? <laughs> well, because uh-huh. keep shit real here, dude. <laughs> you know that. Yeah. Well, I think obviously a lot of us are not MMA fighters. <laughs> But what a lot of us can relate to is this shifting identity and what that means and who we are and who we're becoming. Well, I'm not who I was before I had this baby. I'm not who I was, you know, in my, in my career or in my sports or in my interests or in my relationships. So many layers get shed when you become a mom and there's like, it's not over, but we're just different and figuring that out and like coming to terms of what that actually looks like for us. That's really freaking hard. Yeah. It is. <laughs> it still is. Well, it still is. And Austin is, how old is she now? She's almost a year yeah. and a half. Yeah. Yeah. So when we really kind of zoom out, you still have a little baby at home. Yeah. You've still gone through a significant life event and it's okay to still be figuring out what that means for you and who you are as Miranda and also who you are as Miranda, the fighter and Miranda, the mom and Miranda, the wife. And it's just a tricky process figuring that out. And you've had a moment where you were pursuing what old Miranda would have wanted and did want. And now you're on the other side of that. Yeah. And I, it's funny. Cause I, I feel like I just started getting a grip of like 
balance like okay Austin's gonna go here today and I'm like gonna be okay doing my own thing or like starting to figure out like my diet a little bit better how I'm doing things with Kaden like it just everything's starting to feel better now where I think I just like rushed the whole process when I was getting ready for my fight I mean obviously I kind of had to but had I had the time I I think like almost now is when I would have been ready to start training for a fight like starting a fight camp where if I had two years Mm -hmm. back and just been an absolute animal and I can look back and say that now like knowing what happened but um and I learned a lot from that fight too but it just uh I don't know I feel like I wish I would have just let myself heal not just physically but also like mentally from everything yeah well, and I think it's hard when you're a professional athlete, you have a lot of different things on the line that like you don't always have the timeline and the freedom to come back on your own terms necessarily. So I think a lot of, you know, the, a lot of the professional athletes they work with are up against some variables that are outside of their control and they have to be ready on somebody else's terms rather than what would maybe be preferred or ideal for their own readiness. And Again, to give some people some context, like Miranda made a very full physical recovery. She got into really good shape. We were able to sort of navigate any symptoms that came up postpartum to get her in a much better, like overall athlete state, physical state. And as we all know, that only does so much. Our brains, and that's why we talk about athlete brains so much, like they have to work with us, not against us and be able to show up and be able to scale back all kind of according to what we need at different times. And that's the, that's kind of the X factor in a lot of this, right. Is figuring out, you know, again, who you were, who you still are and who you want to be. Right. And like you said something about like being able to just like start over. And I think if I would have had that mindset, like, okay, I'm starting over, not like, throwing away everything that I'd done. But if I'm starting over from like this fresh new person, then I think I would have been more successful. But I think what I did is I kept comparing myself to who I was before being pregnant and before giving birth and just expecting that person to come right back and just start off from there. And that was, I mean, we've, we talked about that a lot, but it's just, that was the most frustrating part to me. Cause I just felt like every time I turned a corner, I was like rushing to get to the next one. And I never really, because I just thought like old Miranda would have already been here by now. I would have already been doing this by now. I would have already, it would have already looked like this. I'm so far behind. And so as much as I like, it's weird how my brain worked. It was like, I'm ready. I could fight. I don't care. I'll kill anyone. But then my other side of my brain is like, you're not ready at all. You know, nothing. You you shouldn't be fighting. So it's like trying to balance the two was really um, different for me going into this fight. Yeah. I mean, it is, there is a huge sense of starting over. And I feel like this is such a, it's like a fucked up rite of passage that like all new moms, athlete moms have to experience. Cause we do chase everything that was everything we were before. And instead of like body back, it's almost like, I want, I just want back. Like, where's that girl? And that girl's different now for all of us, all of us when we become a mom, whether it's for the first time or the fourth time we just end up shifting and evolving, but that's, that is a hard thing to kind of catch up to because we're, we're like not, I guess it feels like we don't always put our focus in the right direction. And even when we do have it in the right direction, that voice is so loud. Mm-hmm. And 
And I yeah. remember that with you. <laughs> That's still hard. <laughs> I know. I know. So you've spent the last six months figuring out what I want, but mostly in a, I'm just going to kind of avoid all this shit and stay really, really busy yep. because you also haven't had the freedom to do that in so long, right? Like you haven't had the freedom to not be training for something. Right. I mean, I was Kate, I was talking to Caden and I'm like, this is the first time in almost 10 years that I haven't had to like sit all day and like count my calories. Like, it's like, yeah. it's weird. It's, it's, and I, I feel like I stayed in that like kind of toxic brain for like a couple months after my fight. Like, I'm not going to lose the shape I got in. I'm still going to count all these calories. I'm still going to work out just as hard as I was. And then I think it was just kind of like destroying me a little bit because I was trying to like fight off the inevitable of like dealing with what was actually going on in my head. And then I just went into like, we're going on a vacation every single week. I don't care <laughs> where it is or what we're doing. Like we're leaving somewhere every week. And then I just went completely the opposite and stopped doing really anything. I was just like, I don't know. I just like almost avoided training. And I went to Boise and I remember we did like a jujitsu class and I was just like, I had like an anxiety attack. I'm like, I'm not ready for this. Like, I can't do this. So now I just feel like probably this last two months, I feel like I'm starting to feel at least like what it's going to look like for me, like what I want to do, sort of going back to the gym and actually enjoying myself and sparring with the mindset of like, okay, I don't need to spar just because I want to fight. I can spar because I, I enjoy it. And I enjoy that workout. And I started doing, um, jujitsu, which I hadn't with a gi and I hadn't done that. And I'm enjoying that a lot. Cause I feel like it just like keeps me a constant student, which is something I started to avoid when I was getting really good and started fighting more frequently. And then just figuring out my own schedule. Like I've been waking up at like 5.30 in the morning, which I never would have done before to just like get my workout in, get my day started and have some like alone time, which has felt really good. And I don't know, I'm just starting to feel more. I don't even know if it's like myself, but I'm just starting to feel good with who I am now. Yeah. It's almost like you're at a, a different point in your grieving process. Like you kind of had all of the emotions of like anger and you know, and then sadness, avoidance, or whatever that cycle is, you know, but it, I mean, it is in a lot of ways, it's like grief, it's like your expectations, you know, what you thought was going to happen didn't happen, what you wanted to happen didn't happen. So like, it's in the now what season, which carries so much grief for all of us in just different, again, different ways. A lot of us can't relate to being an MMA fighter, but we can relate to cutting our losses in one way or the other, like having to sit with cutting our losses and saying, well, now what does life look like now? Right. And then you experience a variety of emotions with that. And it's just really hard, but I like what you said about becoming a beginner again. I think when you are actively pursuing something of being a beginner, it automatically puts you in a place of growth automatically because you're not. And just for reference, I think a lot of people don't always understand you were an MMA fighter, mixed martial arts, but that doesn't mean that you were necessarily like did jujitsu. Jujitsu is part of your game, but like you didn't train jujitsu in a gi where you had any kind of rank that wasn't like your specific sport. You just did a variety of martial arts. And I think that can be confusing for people. Yeah. Like I, 
I started in Taekwondo and then got into like kick more kickboxing type stuff, which is all stand up stuff. And then after like, I really, I started to fight. I did kickboxing fight. I realized like I wanted to do more. I wanted to like, you know, get the fame because that was MMA. <laughs> so then I was like, okay, well I'm going to have to grapple and you can do jujitsu with like no gi right. just to like, and that's what I did and I just told myself like I have too much to learn right here I don't need to add another sport because within MMA there's like a bunch of different little sports and uh jujitsu was just in it like with the gi is just something that I just told myself I didn't have time for um but I wish I would have like I wish I would have just done it because I don't know I've already learned so much now to even just like Cause I just like stopped drilling. I stopped going with new people. I stopped like pushing my boundaries. I went with what was safe because I knew it was working. I mean, I went 17 fights without ever losing. So I just told myself like, well, I'm doing something right. And then all of a sudden I went wrong. And I was like, well, maybe that was just, maybe I got caught. And then I did something wrong again. And I was like, well, because of COVID I didn't have training partners. And then it went wrong for a third time. And I was like, maybe it's me. Yeah. <laughs> So that's so freaking powerful though. Like to have that kind of insight, because I think it's really hard to be able to reflect like that, to be able to like, look at, you know, we kind of get good away with certain shit for a long time until we don't, until it sort of backfires and we're really forced to look at, well, what could I do instead? I like what you said again about, so now that you're training jujitsu, it's keeping you in a combat ish kind of arena but without the pressure of having to be good necessarily. Like you are still a beginner when it comes to jiu-jitsu. While you obviously know a lot more than maybe the average beginner, um, you're still in a beginner mindset and doing something that is very different from just, you know, basically getting in those positions and punching somebody instead. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I know there's been moments where I'm like, this is stupid because I would just punch you. <laughs> <laughs> why would I grab there when I could just punch you in the face? <laughs> no, but it's been fun talking to you about it because I feel like it's just sort of igniting that little bit of like competitive fire in you again, where you're like, I got my fix and it's not the same fix as I used to get, but you've almost found like a different realm of that feeling of what we get. Like when you feel really satisfied from your training or what you're doing. Yeah. Tell me more about that. Yeah, I just like there's moments of like kind of frustration, which I haven't felt in a while, especially when I'm I mean, I took your advice and you were like, go with the higher belts, like push yourself, go with the best people in class. So I've been trying to do that. And in my mind, I'm like, well, I'm better than all of you. <laughs> that sounds really cocky, but it's just like that's where my brain goes right. So be able to like dominate these people and, you know. I'm not, <laughs> or I'm getting myself in really bad positions. I mean, I'm putting up a good fight, but they just know more than me. And I've had to take a step back and kind of realize that, but also know like learning from them, like things that my weaknesses and their strengths and trying to like capitalize on that. And I feel like just yesterday, actually, I turned a corner with like, actually like jujitsu. And I felt like, okay, like I do know what I'm doing. <laughs> I'm not like the weakest person in the class. And um, I can, I don't know, I can do it. So it's just been good for me. I wish that I would have done that with other things during my training, especially like wrestling and that kind of stuff. Cause I just knew I wasn't good. So I was just like, well, I'm just not good. So I'm just going to be the bottom of the barrel, do what I need to do. Um, train when I need to train, tell myself that I did it, but not actually like put the effort into like get better and realize why I'm bad at it. 
So that jujitsu has helped me with that a lot. Yeah, it's it's so hard being able to check our ego and do what's actually good for us versus like what we think is good enough for us. <laughs> One thing I really like that you've done that I've been able to to witness is you've taken something like your ground game, something that you would want to avoid and that you had a lot of like fear and insecurity around and you're now dabbling in it. And for no, no exact reason, right. Other than to overcome the shitty voices in your head Mm -hmm. about like what this says about you or what that means is like, you're now taking ownership even without a fight on the horizon, you're saying, fuck this. I'm not going to let that voice win of like, oh, I'm not good at grappling or I have a terrible ground game. And all these voices, all these things that you have said to yourself about yourself and who you are as a fighter. And you're saying, okay, I'm actually going to do something about it then. For that reason, other than to shut those voices up and prove myself wrong. Yeah. And I I think I'm like my, my toughest critic. So to prove myself wrong would be the greatest accomplishment that I can. And if I do something great with this sport, then I, I feel like at least I like conquered that demon. There's still other things, but it's just like, at least yeah. I can like, at least I can just like tell myself like, okay, you're still that bitch. <laughs> like, yeah. I, just, I, I need that. I think, you know, a sentiment that speaks a lot to you and I both is that like athleticism doesn't end when motherhood begins. Even when it looks different because it will look different. It should look different through different seasons. And there can be a lot of common themes. We can still participate in a lot of the same stuff we did in a lot of the same ways. And also there's going to be aspects that look different. It can be an opportunity. And I think that's the world you're discovering now is like, there's more opportunity here to utilize what I love, what I know a lot about, what I'm interested in and different avenues of it, like through jujitsu, it's not over, even if it takes on a different life form. Yeah. And just for me, like not holding on to the past and like regretting not doing some of these things because I can't, I can't go back no matter what. And the, the only thing I can do is improve myself and improve my mind and my game to whatever I want it to be. Even like with strength, like I told you, I had never done any type of strength my whole fighting career and it had worked for me until it didn't and then going into that last fight I was stronger than I'd ever been and now just like continuing that I'm like damn I wish I would have done that but I I go back so it's just like I might as well just keep improving yeah well I think that's the like you had said like it's learning to conquer that like inner bitch now for whatever wherever it takes you whatever direction you're going it's like I mean we all have to fight our our demons and the awful voices, the things that try to sabotage us and steal our joy. Um, because ultimately you're still that little girl inside of you who loves to fight people like that. She's still there. She just looks different now, you know? And I think we all have that little girl in us that like, this still lights me up. This still brings me joy. I still enjoy doing this. I want to do this and shit. It has to look different at different points. For different reasons. And I know that you've just been in that messy, messy season of now what? Mm-hmm. I'm still kind of in it. <laughs> You're still in it. hundred percent still in it. And that's honestly why I wanted to bring you back on the podcast. Um, you know, you've been on like 
a few, quite a few times now, kind of documenting your pregnancy and then different points throughout your postpartum and leading right up into the fight. And now six months later, where are we at? What's going on? And I think it's important to show this side because it's easy to share the hype, right? It's easy to share the hype. It's easy to share our wins. It's easy to share the accomplishments. It's really hard to show up after. And I think when you're just still in that waiting, when you're still in the now what, before you've figured out whatever your next right thing is, it's important to acknowledge how so many of us have to just sit. And I know we've talked about like, God, I'm just like sitting in this shit right now. Like you're just sitting here, just have to sit and take it. And normally we try to do something about it. We try to like outwork it or just ignore it and travel around (laughs) stuff instead of just sitting. But I also think that there's a lot of learning and reflection that happens in that the sitting process that will make whatever you do next really meaningful. I think so too. And I'm starting to see like glimpses of things that like I could see myself doing or wanting to do as far as right now. Like I know you think I'm going to get back in there, but right now I don't feel like it's like what I want. Um, I don't know if I'm ready to like go through that or deal with it. And I also know I want like more kids. So I think about that type of stuff too, but um, I don't know. I mean, I, I've just, I see myself like doing something, helping people. I've had so many of my friends reach out to me lately. I can't say any names, but <laughs> they're pregnant and like wanting my help and, or like postpartum wanting my help or nutrition yeah. help. I mean, I have a lot of knowledge in those things. I went through all of that with you and then with like nutrition and workouts and stuff. Like I've been doing that my whole life. Yeah. I have a pretty good grasp on kind of what I want to do. It's just like, where do I want to go with this? How do I want to do it? How do I want to approach it? Um, and with a clearer head, because <laughs> I need to tell myself these things too. Like I, I can have no problem telling other people what to do or how to do it, but then telling myself it, I'm like, okay, maybe I should take. Yeah. We are the we are we are the hardest clients. Yes, um, you know it's like when I try to tell people, especially like with you, like if you wanted to fight, you could. Like physically, mm-hmm. you are in incredible shape and your baseline is, is very, very good. Now. I think that, uh, there's a lot of messaging, especially in the fight community that you're basically washed up once you're over 30, right. Or even close to 30, you're like washed up old news, especially in the women's game. Like we can see the guys have like longer careers, but I think in certain circles for professional athletes that are women, they've been told, or it's been like, assumed by different organizations and just our overall like messaging culturally that you're washed up, that you're done. By the time you're getting close to 30, you're not in your peak, you're not in your prime. And what I have seen is a huge increase of women reaching athletic potential after motherhood, after 30, like we are not freaking washed up. Mm -hmm. There's still so much potential and ability and, um, I just think that that messaging is really important that like, if you want to not be in at that level of performance, that is fine. But I think it's important for more organizations and people to understand that we've just, it's changed so much over time. We have such access to better strength conditioning, better nutrition, better approaches to training, psychological side of it. That's why women are able to stay in the game longer, even if that's not what we've traditionally seen over the last 20 years. It's been, we've had a huge shift in the last probably five years of seeing 
more ability to extend our careers and our athleticism. Um, and I know that Miranda, you're going to do really big things and none of it is going to have anything to do with how well you do as a fighter, or if you ever fight again, or whatever capacity you fight again, it's going to show up from the process you've been through. You've been through a lot. You have a lot to share. It's really valuable. It's very relatable. Again, even for those of us that aren't getting punched in the face and uh, don't want to like die in an octagon, you know, like we can still relate to you. Yeah. Well, thank you. I just need to get over the fact that like, I like literally one of the things that made me like dread just life is thinking about like dropping Austin off at school and having someone be like, what do you do for a living? And then like looking me up and then seeing that I was a fighter, but then I lost and then thinking I like sucked. And those are like the thoughts that go through my head constantly or having someone talk to me about something relating to fighting and then knowing who I am. And it's just like, please don't look me up. I don't want anyone to know me, but I don't know. I have a hard time like looking at all my accomplishments that I've done and I just hold on to like the failure. So I, I think like I'm starting to finally let that go and be like, okay, I did do all of those things. I got to where I wanted to get to didn't look the way I wanted to at the end, but I'm able to like start starting to be able to like move on and be like proud of myself. And yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Which brain here is like, you know, when we look at a variety of professional athletes, it's really hard to go out at the top, right? That's not usually the Cinderella story. It's not like most professional athletes walk out with some losses, with some injuries, with some mental, physical, just feeling defeated. And like, you still did it. Mm -hmm. Still did it. And that's, I think, at your preschool pickup, when you drop Austin off, and if this (laughs) mom is Googling you, which by the way, I just, I love this scenario. They are going to think like, holy shit, what a badass. She could be my husband. You know what I mean? Like, that's what they're going to look at. They're not going to say, oh, she lost. Like, well, of course you freaking lost. Like, you're supposed to lose sometimes. And I think that's just a great example of like the stories we tell ourselves about what others may think about us versus the rest of us listening to this going, holy shit, Miranda, like you're a badass, man. We've all been cheering for you. We all support you. And we, and it's because we support you. We don't support just your record or whatever, or like how you, how you end your career or how you pause your career. That's not what people are looking at. It's the person, the whole fighter. That's what what those preschool moms are going to be thinking. (laughs) I know. And it's so stupid. Like, why would anyone Google me? But it's like, that's where my, I don't know. Yeah. I'm like, please, please don't Google me actually. (laughs) (laughs) What abs and badge talk did I have on my Instagram today? You know, God. Yeah, you might be worse. <laughs> I think it might be. I don't know. <laughs> uh, dude, whatever you do next, we're here. We're cheering. We're supporting. And uh, honestly, I can't wait to jujitsu you sometime. It's going to be fun. Yeah. We need to get back to fighting each other. Um, I know you'll still probably accidentally punch me in the face or throw an elbow, but Maybe I can take that. Wouldn't it be the first or the last time? And uh, I can't wait, dude. I'm excited. Again. Thanks for coming on. Anytime. You'll be back. <laughs> I know. <laughs> With another update. <laughs> you got some fans. Yes. All right. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Practice Brave podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review and help us spread the work we are doing to improve the overall information 
and messaging in the fitness industry and beyond. Now, if you are pregnant and you are looking for a trustworthy exercise program to follow, I have you covered. The Pregnant Athlete Training Program is a well-rounded program for pregnancy with workouts for each week that are appropriate for your changing body. That's 36 weeks of workouts, three to four workouts each week, and tons of guidance on exercise strategy. We also have an at-home version of that program. If you are postpartum and you're looking for an exercise program to follow, the eight-week postpartum athlete training program would be a really great way to help bridge the gap between rehab and the fitness you actually want to do. From there, we have the Practice Brave Fitness Program, which is an ongoing strength conditioning program where you get new workouts each week and have a lot of guidance from myself and my co-coach, Heather Osby. This is the only way that I'm really offering ongoing coaching at this point in time. If you have ever considered becoming a certified pregnancy and postpartum athleticism coach, I would love to have you join us. Pregnancy and Postpartum Athleticism is a self-paced online certification course that will up-level your coaching skills and help connect the dots between pelvic health and long-term athletic performance, especially during pregnancy and postpartum. Become who you needed and become who your online and local community needs by becoming a certified pregnancy and postpartum athleticism coach. Thank you again for listening to the Practice Brave podcast. I appreciate you and please help me continue spreading this messaging, this information, and this work.